0: This is Traps with Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio is heard on the Hoobazoo Network. You can find out more on Hoobazoo.com. All right, folks. This is episode 101 on July 12th, which is kind of cool because to let it slip, today is my birthday, now, I won't tell you how old I am. You can guess or maybe you already know. But I think it's hella cool that I'm doing an episode after 100 on my birthday after 2 years of doing this. I know it's kind of convoluted, but it sounds really cool. It is really cool and I'm very happy to have you all here with me on the Hubuzuna network starting off uh, what's hopefully another two-year stretch of cool things happening on Oscar Mike Radio. And I I really was wondering what to talk about for this. This is, after all, we had a great uh, lead-up with Sergeant Megan, um, Mistress Carrie, the Hoobazoo guys. I, I mean, just tons of people who came on to kind of bring me into 100. So I'm like, it's kind of like Christmas has happened and, and you've got the big eat on and I'm kind of fat and happy right now and trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. But in the last week, I've been watching this uh, story about the, the the Thai Navy SEALs doing this cave rescue. I felt it only appropriate to talk about the Thai Navy SEAL. And the whole cave rescue thing for this episode. And I'm going to go so far as to say that episode 101 is dedicated to uh, Sergeant Saman Kunan of the Thai uh, Royal Thai Navy, Navy SEALs. And also uh, his fellow brother, Navy SEALs, who worked so valiantly to save all of those... um, boys and their coach the wild boars soccer team in thailand this this episode is is my uh, small way of acknowledging your service and sacrifice sir and i hope i get to meet you uh one day at the pearly gates because you know i think god be pretty impressed with what you and your fellow uh, navy seals did and that's kind of what i wanted to do for this episode i really it's been such a fascinating story to watch and to understand a little bit, and try to make some sense out of out of what happened, and and how um, this brave uh, man who served his country for many years passed, trying to save um, you know twelve people. And the spirit uh, that that we saw in in humanity, and the whole world pulling for uh, this tiny country—was Thailand tiny? I'm I'm not really sure, but certainly not you know a big country compared to others. And so I won't go into details about how uh, we we got here. But long story short, uh, some boys from the Wild Boars uh, soccer team and their coach went exploring in this cave and got lost and then couldn't get back out and it's my understanding that um, people found their bicycles by the cave entrance which by the way had a big sign saying do not enter dangerous and that is where us men see that as an open invitation to of course enter and conquer or try to conquer well, um, they didn't exercise good judgment there and they got lost and they got stuck. And and there was a real consternation about how to, to save the, the, these kids and their coach. And when I say kids, these, these are like 10 to 12 year old boys and their coach was like 24, 25 years old. Uh, my point is, um, not 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 grown men kids and how they were going to do this and they they mapped the cave figured it out and figured out they were going to need experienced divers to go and try to save these kids much i mean at the time they weren't even going to try to save them they were just trying to see if they could get to them to assess their condition and see if they could be helped right they, they didn't know what they were going to find. So they actually had to get to them first and figure out where they were and then start playing about how they're going to try to get these kids out. And, and a couple of things occurred to me as I'm watching the story. Um, and you can try this yourself. Try Googling Thai Navy SEALs and, and there's not a lot out there. Then what I want you to do is I want you to Google or Bing or Yahoo, U.S. Navy SEALs or Navy SEALs. And there's all kinds of stuff about, you know, our Navy SEALs. And, and I will confess, I will confess this right now. I thought when they said Navy SEALs were going to, you know, rescue these boys, I thought the Thai government had called old uh, Donald Trump up and said, hey, can we borrow some of your boys to help us out? And he said, sure. They got on the C-141 and Head over, and we're going to take care of business. My point is, I had no idea at all that there were actually Navy SEALs in another country. I, I knew there's naval warfare and special forces like the Spetsnaz and um, the Special Air Services, and you know that kind of thing, right? I, I knew about that, but you know, another country calling their underwater demolition dive team SEALs was—I didn't know. I just didn't know. So it was with great interest that I started trying to find about the Thai Navy SEALs. And the thing is, there's not a lot out there about them. So I'm like, wow. And it was kind of mysterious. And I don't know about you, but the more I looked, the less I could find. It's like, you know, are are these like patrolling the South China Sea? Are they, you know, in Indonesia? What are they doing? Are they doing ops? You know, why haven't you heard these guys before? And I, I was really interested. And then I started looking at the whole they had maps of the caves and everything. Now I have my scuba certification through now. I need to get it back up and, and running again. But you know, out of all the types of diving out there, cave diving was not something that I necessarily looked forward to doing. Uh well, let me let me let me rephrase. For scuba divers, cave diving offers a very unique experience. You're going to get to see things cave diving that possibly no one else on this planet has has gotten to experience, or very very few people. Well, there's a, like six billion people in the world now, and some of these caves that you can dive in, maybe maybe a thousand less than that in the last 100 years or since scuba diving was invented have actually found these things much less dived in them and came out so when you go to certain locations and there's underwater caves to look at you're going in a place that that quite possibly no other human being has seen much less experienced and looking at some of the pictures of, of cave diving it's, it's extremely beautiful in certain places the water is crystal clear undisturbed it is pristine on how it looks right so there's a, there's a lot of attraction there in in finding these places out but it's also technically difficult to do it's not like if you have a problem with your your regulator or your tank you can just bob up to the surface and you know 100 to 60 feet of water and 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 get air and go home no you you, you have a malfunction in, in a cave you're you're probably gonna die if you don't move your your fins and your your body right you're going to stir up dust and, and it's not dust but it's all the silt from the uh, years of, of being there and you're not going to be able to see to get in or out. Also you could be in a, in, a, in a space as as big as a football field and then have it shrink to... The size of a, of, a, of a, you know, bathroom closet. It can be very claustrophobic at times, and this is the kind of environment that these uh, Thai Navy uh, SEAL divers were operating in. And, and I was just taken aback that, um, you know, if they were doing this thing. And and the thing that I kept seeing over and over again is there was no complaints about being difficult or tough it was this idea that they had this can-do attitude that they were going to you know get these kids out and so a couple days ago um you know more like four days ago you read about this uh this petty officer dying in the cave and everybody's wondering how that happened and I don't know if we'll ever know how it happened, but as I understand it, there was a problem with his tank as he was carrying oxygen to the staging area inside the cave and some kind of either malfunction or whatever. And they, he had equipment failure and, and he passed. And it, it was extremely sad because now, today, and today is, is, is the, the day the podcast is coming out, it's my birthday. All the boys are out. The soccer coach is out. They're slayed to make a full recovery, and and do this. And, and he's the only casualty. And he was trying to help them out. So as I start looking at you know who he was, who was um, uh, Mr. Uh, Gunan or Mr. Kuman, he wasn't even actually serving. That is to say that he was. Not in the Navy SEALs anymore. Uh, reading several news articles about this, he he had been he had been in the SEALs. He had you know left active service, but had been um, very active with the SEAL community in Thailand. Uh, there's a Fox News article that says. You know, he had, you know, superior knowledge and skill. He was, you know, an athlete in, you know, triathlons. He enjoyed adventure support uh, sports. Uh, even when he left the SEALs, he still uh, had that bond with his uh, brothers. No matter what they were doing, he was always participating in activities and training as much as he could. And he wanted to be part of this rescue effort and loaded up his gear. And went to um, Chiang Rai to uh, help out and and just didn't make it. Just didn't make it. Um, 38 years old. He um, was well respected in his community, left behind a wife. And that really kind of kind of brought it home, kind of kind of made it real that that this this whole story is playing out like a like a movie. Which I don't know about you, but for me, it was it was better than a movie. It was real. It was happening. Someone died trying to save children that were not even his. I mean, he didn't have any children. He left a wife behind, but. It just brought all home, but it also demonstrated that you know, no matter if you serve the military in the United States or Russia or India or, or Australia, there seems to be that, that common bond of esprit de corps, of fraternity, of brotherhood um, with people you serve with. That you're not going to get anywhere else so when he left the seals and chose to remain involved he still wanted to be a part of, of that unit that operated at a very high 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 level and you know with no thought of his own safety or his own security wanted to see these boys who you know it's a small country, but these these boys were his, you know, fellow Thai. They were countrymen, and volunteered to go help them out. Had the skills to go do the diving, to uh, help them. Didn't think twice about his own safety or what might happen. You know, it was a can do attitude to rescue these children who might have died. And while the story had a happy ending, there is this cloud to me. Um, and part of my thing is there's not a lot of information about the Thai Navy compared to the U.S. Navy or Russian Navy or British Navy. I mean, you can find out more things about the Special Air Services, which is the British Special Forces, which uh, they are elite than the Thai Navy there's really not a lot written about it I went to their website and um, I, I can't read I can't read the language so I didn't understand what I was looking at but very little written all I'm getting from out there is what everybody else has been seeing about about this story is just uh, a man in, in a lot of ways an ordinary man who had special skills special training and a special bond with the people he served with the unit he worked with and his his country to put this out there to go rescue these kids and you know to be carrying oxygen to a staging area to then leapfrog to another staging area to get these kids was kind of how they did it and to go back to diving just for a, 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 a minute to be able to dive in that kind of environment and work in that kind of environment, he wasn't a slouch. He wasn't some, you know, third string scrub that, you know, they pulled out just to, you know, fill a space. This was a highly trained, highly dedicated, physically, you know, top shape, person who who was doing this 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 was this is a high stress environment where anything could go wrong and and again it's it's not like in open water diving when you learn how to dive where if you have a problem with your buoyancy compensator or your regulator or your tanks there's steps and procedures to fix the problem and if you can't fix a problem you can at least emergency surface and start breathing on your snorkel or try to fix a problem on the surface there is none of that in a cave there's none of that in the cave so again I don't know what happened there was an equipment failure it seemed like it was not um, you know an error on his part but in a cave there's just no margin for any kind of failure And this is where when you think about the magnitude of of what these men and there could have been women there too. So don't take this the wrong way people, but you know what these, these people were trying to do to save these kids lives and the race against time and nature because of the rains and the floods that would make certain parts of the cave just impassable period. It is amazing uh, what this military unit was able to accomplish with what they had to work with. I mean, there, there was no fancy drone or underwater, you know, submersible vehicle to help them out. That was, you know, suit up, put your equipment on, get the math out, figure out how far you can go on a, on a tank of air, set the staging points. Make sure that you have everything set. Make sure your equipment's all set and, and you have to transport all this stuff by air, then, then then, truck it out, unload it, carry it, set it up, check it out, dive, get to their points, be calm the entire time. Everybody has to be aware of what's going on. It is amazing what happened. It's heartbreaking that um, Sergeant Salmon past absolutely but it's amazing that more people didn't get hurt trying to rescue uh, these guys and it just is a testament to um, what they said and they said that we will complete this mission uh, they quoted they're quoted as saying the determination dedication of salmon, Will always be in all of our frogmen hearts. Today, salmon rest. We will complete this mission just as salmon intended. They vowed. Sign off with a battle cheer adopted from the U.S. Navy: "Huya, huya, huya." I mean, we will complete this mission just as salmon intended. No crying, no complaining. No self-loathing, even though one of their own had went down, even though the odds were stacked against them, even though the time was running out, they chose to summon this can-do attitude that has been a part of military units for thousands of years and said, we're going to complete this mission. And they went in there and they got these kids and they brought them home. And those boys will grow up to be young men and hopefully, you know, be able to, to give back to their country and by and large the world because of um, this petty officer's sacrifice. So there's been a lot written about uh, the Thai Navy SEALs. There's been a lot written about this story. I, I didn't know doing this podcast if I could add any more to it. But I felt it appropriate to honor uh, Sergeant Salmon and the Thai Navy SEALs for their their dedication to the mission, their dedication to each other, and their dedication to uh, these kids. And so this episode, episode 101, is dedicated to Sergeant Salmon's memory and... The fellow Navy SEALs that he served with and you know I, I hope that his memory is never forgotten and um, all I can say is hoo ya, hoo hoo I just uh, don't want to say anything else at this time but um, I, I recognize uh, what was sacrificed to make this happen so uh, to kind of mix things up a little bit here I'm doing the question of the week At the end of the podcast Uh, the question I I have been asked a lot in the last couple of weeks last month is what's next after 100 Uh, what's next after 100 is to really look at what is working and what is not working and make some hard decisions about what I'm gonna do to try to move this forward is it a question of spending money on equipment? Is it a question of spending money on marketing? Is it a question of not spending money at all? Is it a question of really dedicating some time to learning uh, new audio engineering techniques and production techniques? Should I really revisit the whole video aspect of podcasting? I, I keep being told... That uh, I should really focus on doing more live work and YouTube work. And I'm not sure about that. I tried putting some of my episodes on YouTube and I'm not really sure people really picked up on it. Or if they did, there wasn't enough content out there. I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say is I'm going to look at all of it. Really evaluate what's going to force me to grow and then go forward. And and like I've said before, if you have a story that you think needs some some light shed on it, or an organization that has been working hard trying to do something cool and great and and wonderful for military and veterans, I would certainly like to talk to you and find out more. Uh, I, I am here for for you all, and. You all are why I do this. So that's that's what's up. Uh, I, I have some choices to make around whether to really re-dip my toe into some more video production with this podcast, or do I really want to spend some time on marketing what I'm doing to a wider audience, or just really figuring out sound-wise where I'm deficient and focus on really getting proficient at building a quality sound set to where every episode sounds the same, regardless of where I am or who I'm with. So what I'm trying to say is some of my episodes are all kind of sounding the same right now, and then I'll get a couple of them where, particularly when I'm doing interviews, they kind of sound different. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but I'm I'm debating about how to focus on that. So, um, happy birthday to me. Thank you very much for the support. Got a big um, boost from somebody who listens off and on in uh, the South. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you very much for the big attaboy. It's kind of cool to get, and it's my birthday, so it's even better. Thank you very much. And uh, that is it for episode 101. This is Omar, and we are out.